0: Go with me, please, to Galatians, the um, third chapter, and verse 9. Galatians 3 and 9. It says, So they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Is that talking about you? Verse 10. Verse 10. For as many as are under the works of the law are under the curse. For it's written, Cursed is everyone that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Keep going. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just, those justified ones just and right and in the sight of God, shall live by faith. Oh, friends, living by faith is the answer. It is the answer to so many things. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, you don't overcome. You don't have victories. The victory that overcomes the world, the scripture said, is our faith. And uh, faith is, you don't have to know all the details. You don't have to have all the understanding to walk by faith. Faith is a choice to trust God, what he said, and his faithfulness. Hallelujah. So anytime something tries to jar you or scare you or cause you to panic or, or whatever the case might be, just, just get a hold of yourself. Take just a moment and if the enemy's screaming at you or even other people are yelling about what are we going to do, what are we going to do, what are we going to do, you already know what to do. Yeah. What are we going to do? We're going to trust God. Yeah. And that comes in thousands of different yeah. reactions and words. And, so, and what, what do we mean? We're already trusting God. What? Well, even if I don't have a clue what to do about this. I'm trusting that God cares about me. He's going to show me what to do. He's going to bring to me whatever help, whatever wisdom, whatever support, whatever healing, whatever money. Come on, you all understand? What, Whatever I need, he will do. He told me he'd take care of me. He told me he'd never leave me, never forsake me. Now my part is believing that. Now, if I'm panicking and going spastic, it's obvious I don't believe that. I don't believe I'm going to be all right. I don't believe what he said. And that's my job. And there's no excuse for not believing that when you know it and when the Lord has come through for you again and again. When the thoughts come, when the challenges come, what are you going to do? 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 Help me out, help me out. You always know the answer. You already know the answer. We're going to trust God. That's what we're going to do. And he always causes us to triumph. Always. We're coming out. Thank you, Lord. And that helps you. We which have believed do enter in to rest. It helps you to relax. But see, when you're panicking and when you're fretting and you're worrying and you're yielding to fear, that shows you're not doing your part. You're not, you don't believe him. You don't trust him. We've all made mistakes, but let's stop that. I said, let's stop that. We must do our part. And if you do your part, you don't have to be concerned about him doing his part. He is completely faithful. What did he say? The just shall live. That's not just what you do once in a while. That's how you live. Yeah, right. Some, somebody say, this is how I live. How I live. By what? By, by, faith, by faith. By trust in God. Verse 12. The law is not of faith. The man that doeth them shall live in them. Endeavoring to be right in God's eyes by keeping the law wasn't faith. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Man, that's some of the best news you have ever heard in your whole life. Not, he's not working on it. <laughs> he's not in the process of redeeming you. He's not soon to redeeming you. Hath. What does that mean? What, what, what would we say today? Has. Has redeemed us. From what? We we need to stay with what the Word says. A lot of times people trail off on this. Y'all been redeemed from what? Well, From hell. Well, thank God, but that's not what this said. What have you been redeemed from according to this verse? The curse of the law. Well, what if you don't even know what the curse of the law is? Then you don't know what you've been redeemed from. And he did it by being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, verse 14, that the blessing, we got rid of the curse, (laughs) and we got the blessing. Oh, this is the best best deal you ever made. (laughs) That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Somebody, even if you don't understand all and none of us understand all of that, but you can say by faith, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. For, redeeming me. for redeeming me. Amen. Redeemed from the curse, qualified for the blessing. Thank you, Lord. And it's not what we did, it's what he did. Thank you, Lord. And no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, we were outside of the covenant. Gentiles, but he has made us worthy, made us able, and when we're born again, we were born into the eternal family of the Father. Jesus calls us brothers, and we can call the Almighty Father, Abba. Now, angels can't do that. It's an amazing thing what God has done for us. And we're, we're in the early, early stages of understanding any of it. When the Lord calls us his little children, it's not an exaggeration. We are in early, early stages of development. This life is the briefest thing we will ever do. A hundred years is nothing. Nothing. It's blink of an eye to God. And a thousand years, the psalmist said to God, is like last night. Like a watch that's passed in the night. How does last night seem to you? <laughs> does that seem like a lot of time? Last night. That's how a millennia seems to God. The previous thousand years, is like last night, is to us, to God. And so when he says something's going to happen soon, (laughs) if it happened within 2,000 years, that's like two days to him. He's the one experiencing it correctly. We're the ones whose time is skewed. You can already, just in in a few decades, you can begin to pick it up. When you were 10 you thought a year was a crazy amount of time. Is that right? You had to wait a year, but by the time you get to be 60, well, perception is changing. And the longer, when you've been around for a few millennia, how will you view a hundred years? You know, when you've been around for a hundred thousand years, how will you view a hundred years? Babies. Babies. Thank God we've been redeemed. Now to redeem means to buy or to buy back or to buy out. And it specifically refers to purchasing a slave with a view to his or her being set free to freedom. It specifically refers to that and applies to that. And it's good to have that in your thinking. To say he redeemed me means I needed to be redeemed. What does that mean? It means I had lost myself and my forefathers had lost themselves. Adam and Eve Is our mother and father. All of us. Mm -hmm. Every human being on the planet. Came from Adam and Eve. And then later Noah and his family. Mm -hmm. Is that right or not? You you believe the Bible. Then how is there such a thing as race? Mm -hmm. How is there such a thing as race? I challenge you. Establish The scientific existence of it. It's not the truth. It's not reality. Having a different color eye doesn't make you a different kind of human being. Having curly hair or straight hair doesn't put you in a different category of human being. This racial division stuff is a lie. It's based on stuff. It's not right. It's not real. We all got the same mom and daddy. Is it true or not? Yes. Now see, if you don't believe that, you believe evolution theories and Nazi propaganda. Yes. Lies. Do we all come from Adam and Eve? Yes. Then how you doing, bro? Sis, huh? True or not? I stopped using the terms black and white, or red, or yellow. Somebody says, "What's wrong with that?" They're not. They don't describe color. They're categories. I said, "They're categories." How light can you be? you're no longer black. How dark can you be till you're no longer white? They don't describe color. These are categories. And you're not a different kind of human being because of a different shade of skin tone or eye color. Let's, uh, let's get rid of some of this stuff. Let's get our minds renewed. Who's mom and daddy? Adam and Eve? Is that right? We all come from the same place. How would we get into all that? There's more there, but I won't get into it right now. But I told you enough to think about it. We've been redeemed, though. All of us. <laughs> all of us. Adam and Eve messed up. <laughs> they lost themselves. And everybody since then have sinned and come short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. And we needed to be redeemed. We were in bondage to sin and the curse. And the Lord bought us back and set us free. Hallelujah. He set us free from our bondage. Can you say amen? amen? And part of that freedom includes freedom from the curse of the law. Say another time by faith. I've been delivered. I've been, delivered. I've been, redeemed, I've been redeemed from the curse, from the curse of, the law. of the law. Go back to Deuteronomy 28 and let's begin to remind ourselves, or if you've never heard it before, Hear about what you've been redeemed from. It's shouting ground, brother. It's shouting ground what you've been redeemed from. Now, the good news is uh, that the blessing we get to keep. But the curse, we're redeemed from. So we need to find out what the blessing is. Make sure we're living in it. And make sure, find out what the curse is and give it no place. And if you're experiencing some things that you see in the curse, don't let the enemy try to bug you and condemn you about it. All this is by faith. And when you find out the truth, the truth will make you free. And what you do is you challenge the curse's right to be in your life. If through ignorance and lack of understanding and lack of knowledge you've just given place to it, well, through a lack of knowledge and not not walking in it, people are destroyed. It's serious. What you don't know can hurt you. What you don't know does hurt you. That's why you'll know the truth and you walk in the truth, the truth makes you free. And so don't get hung up on symptoms. Symptoms of physical problems or deficiency or symptoms of financial lack. Don't get hung up on that. That's walking by sight. We walk by faith. We're learning how to call those things that be not as though they were. And what what our job is, is not to heal ourselves, It's not to make everything automatically change in the realm we can see and feel. Our job is to believe. Our job is to receive by faith. Our job is to act on the authority we have in Jesus' name and come to the place where we say, no, 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 the curse has no rights in my life and resist it. Don't accept it. As though it's the will of God. A curse is a curse, is always a curse, never becomes a blessing in disguise. This is so important. And a blessing is a blessing, is always a blessing, never becomes a curse in disguise. A blessing is good. A curse is bad. I know that sounds simple, but it's the truth. Let me give you some other definitions. A curse is something that's against you. Something that's harmful. Something that's destructive. I'm not just pulling these words out of the air. These are words from Hebrew and different definitions. A curse is evil against, something that brings down, something that causes destruction. All oh, that's bad, isn't it? And a blessing is good. A blessing is that which is beneficial, that which benefits, helps, enables, empowers. Thank you, Lord. Now, from what Jesus has done, tell me about the curse, the evil, the bad, the stuff that's against you, the stuff that's harmful and hurts you. What about it? Come on, say it out loud. I've been, I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Been redeemed from the curse of the law, and so that the blessing of Abraham might come on us too. Thank you, Lord. I'm not the cursed. I'm the blessed. That's right. Watch how you talk. It matters. Your words show whether you're agreeing with what the Lord said about this or whether your words are stout against him and against you. When they were working on the pavilion here a while back, some of the guys were working and we were working, working with some of the other people that we had gotten materials from and it was a joint effort. So some of these guys were strangers that our people hadn't met before. And uh, there were some things that didn't look like it was going to go as quick and as easy as we wanted it to in the beginning, but it did anyway. The Lord worked it out for us. And so different ones of our guys were saying, yeah, praise God, it's going well. It's going so well. And it was. And one of the other guys that was um, you know, new to this, he said, oh, don't say that. You'll jinx us. And we're like, No. We're going to say that. <laughs> we don't believe in jinx. That's right? right? Yep. Now, now, what's uh, now this, this is not, you know, hundreds of years ago. And uh, why would people say something like that? Oh, don't, you know, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> don't you do that. No. Wow. And if you got a rabbit's foot, get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You don't need a St. Christopher medal either. So what's wrong with that? You're not supposed to pray to the saints. You're with me or not? These are luck talismans. They are superstition. They're not okay. They're a replacement for faith in God. If you've got some kind of you know, lucky angel thing on your visor in your car, get rid of that thing. So what's wrong with that? It's a talisman. Oh, somebody didn't like that. It's a replacement for faith in God. Yes. Yes, sir. We're not supposed to have any kind of image. Am I quoting scriptures or not? You don't make any images. You don't have any statues. You don't have any idols. And you don't talk about luck. And jinx. All this stuff is wrong. Superstition. Is believing. Things that are contrary to the word of God. Let's get rid of this. It actually gets in the way. Of the real. It's a replacement of the real. Angels are real. And they're not a piece of cardboard. But we don't pray to them. The Bible specifically talks about you don't you don't pray to angels, you don't worship angels. Moving right along. <laughs> now, if you don't like that, find the scripture that supports what you're talking about doing. Find it. And, and you're supposed to have something, you know, established in the mouth of two or three witnesses in the scriptures. And if you got no scripture for something. You need to look real hard at it, don't you? Yeah. To see what, what what am I doing here? What's it, what's it based on? We must get rid of the superstition. Because these things are subtle, crafty tricks of the devil to replace the real. And the problem is, people believe this stuff. You know, they're patting their head, they're rubbing their stomach, they're seeing how many black-eyed peas they can eat on New Year's Day. <laughs> What's wrong with that? A lot. That's not okay. I said, that's not okay. These are superstitions. They're beliefs in things other than the Word of God and contrary to the Word of God. Don't walk under a ladder. Whoo! <laughs> Was that a black cat went across the road? Oh no, oh no, got to turn around and go. You open the door to the enemy with such stuff. Your fears can come on you. Well, I just changed direction in my message. So forget about Deuteronomy 28 for a little while. Can you come back and maybe another time and see that? Because somebody didn't like it when I took off their cardboard angel. They, they, they did. They did not like that. My angels been watching over me and my name is uh, my, my angel's uh, name is Sheila Ann and, and, and my angel and my angel. But well, what about Jesus? What about Jesus? These are subtle superstitions that are replacements. For faith in God and they're not okay. They're not okay. Go with me, since we're all stirred up about it now. (laughs) To Proverbs twenty (laughs) six. Proverbs twenty six and then I think we'll go to Numbers twenty two. Read Galatians real carefully. And see what what the Spirit of God through Paul said about keeping track of days and names and seasons and these kind of things. He's cautioning people. Get away from that. No good luck charms. When you're praying, you don't face pictures or statues are y'all with me, friends? I mean, this is this is the first commandment. First and second commandment of the Ten Commandments, you have only got one God and you don't have any image. No graven image. I mean, have you have you read the Word of God? How many times did they get in serious, serious trouble about idolatry? And uh, the Bible said, remember the New Testament? There's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. How many people do you go through to get to the Father? One. Only one, one and only one. You don't have to go through your pastor. You don't have to go through your husband or wife. You don't have to go through Mary. You don't go through Paul. You don't pray to the patron saint. Of this or that or the other, I'm telling you, it's unscriptural. Right. Right. Find the scriptures for it, yes, yeah. not men's tradition, right. Right. the scripture. Because yeah. all these things are leaving the impression that you're not enough to go to God direct, right. yeah. yeah, yes, sir. You're right, sir. that He won't hear just you. Yeah. Yeah. You're not holy enough, you're not righteous enough. So you got to go through somebody else. That's true. But the only person (laughs) that's good enough to go through is Jesus. That's the only one. I'm quoting scripture. One God, one mediator. How many? How many? How many? One, I'm quoting from Timothy, one mediator. How many mediators? Come on, help me out. How many? Three, four. Ten, hundred, one mediator between God and men. That's why we don't pray in any other name. There's only one name we pray in in the name of Jesus, the head of the church. We don't pray in your name. You don't pray in my name. We don't pray to Paul or Peter. We thank God for them. But they don't qualify to be a mediator. Between us and God, there's only one, only one, only one can do that. when you know him, you don't need no rabbit foot. huh? You don't need no medallion <laughs> no no good luck charms, no nothing, no, no protection medal Or mm, thats superstition. Is believing wrong things. Proverbs 26 and 2. 26.2 said, As the bird by wandering and as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. Say that out loud. The curse causeless the curse shall not come and he gives a graphic picture of a bird flying around flying around flying around but won't light now the curse is in the earth man there's there's death and destruction everywhere you don't have to be around much to know that the curse is here it's around but it can't light everywhere. (laughs) You like that or not? (laughs) Listen to the Amplified. The Amplified says, like the sparrow in her wandering, like the swallow in her flying, so the causeless curse does not alight. Reminds me of the scripture, neither give place to the devil or to the enemy. Why? Couldn't the curse alight? Because there's no place given for it to land. No place given for it to light. And a big part of this is you becoming fully persuaded that you have been redeemed from the curse of the law and that it has no right in my life. Come on, Sadella, no right in my life. Now the devil will try to tell you you deserve the curse mm-hmm. all the mistakes you've made and all of disobedience and all of this and that that you know don't even be surprised when the curse shows up <laughs> you knew it was coming you've uh you know whatever you sow mm-hmm. you're going to reap, <laughs> and you've sown it, and so you're going to reap not unless Somebody else reaped it for you, which is what Jesus became a curse, not because anything he did, but in our place, he reaped the curse for us and brought us back out from under the curse so that we could also qualify for the blessing. Lose the curse, get the blessing, that's the victorious life. That Christ redeemed us, enabling us to live. The causeless curse shall not alight. Go with me to, what was it, Numbers? 22. Numbers 22 and verse 1. Blessing and cursing is not superstition, it's not imaginary. It's not fantasy. Blessing is real. Cursing is real. What a couple of weeks ago we gave an example of the blessing. The Lord told his people to let the land rest for a year. Well, they don't have refrigeration. They don't have a lot of stuff. They're counting on crops to eat. And uh, So I'm sure they're thinking, how are we going to do it? If we don't plant, we don't work the land for a whole year and then we plant the next season and it'll be two years for you reap a crop. How are you going to live? And the Lord told them, said, I'm going to bless you on the sixth year and it'll produce three years worth in one year. That's blessing power. It's real. It affects plants and soil and crops. Well, curse is real too. It affects things negatively and with destruction. In uh, Numbers 22 and verse 1, I'm going to read several verses here. The children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab, on this side Jordan by Jericho, and Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. They were winning battles, and uh, they're heading their way. Verse 3, Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many, and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are around about us, as the ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites at that time. He sent messengers therefore unto Balaam the son of Beor to Pethor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him saying, Behold, there's a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth. They abide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray you, curse me this people. Do what? Do what? Curse them. Now, there's a lot of people who would read something like that and go, oh, that's just superstitious. No, the junk I mentioned earlier, that's superstitious. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> we need to get mind renewal, you know. Bless you is not just something you say after somebody sneezes. And a curse is not just saying cuss words. Profanity. We're not talking about a cuss. We're talking about a curse. A curse is spiritual power manifested to cause failure. A blessing is spiritual power manifested to cause success. And both are real. I said both are real. And if you are in Christ, oh, come on, do y'all remember the text? That I, if you're in Christ, you've been redeemed from the power that harms and causes to fail. And you've been qualified for the blessing the power that empowers and causes to succeed. it helps us to just go around throughout the rest of the week, any time of the morning, noon, or night that we're reminded of it, and just said out loud, I'm not under the curse. And then to say, the blessing is on me. <laughs> I'm not under the curse. I'm not cursed. The blessing is on me. Just because you heard it doesn't mean that that it's real to you or that it got in you like it needs to. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to say it. We need to think about it because uh, most of us have not grown up hearing this and thinking like this. A lot of of us have grown up with a bunch of luck stuff and superstition and, and mingled it in with church things and thought it was okay. And not even paid attention to real blessing and curse. Said out loud with me again I'm redeemed from the curse. The curse has no rights in my life. Hallelujah. And what else? The blessing is on me. I'm blessed. Now, Deuteronomy 28 gets into detail, and if we keep going, I'm believing that one of these days, (laughs) I say it because I've been trying to get there for about four weeks now, (laughs) but it goes into detail about I'm blessed when I go out, I'm blessed when I come in, I'm blessed in my basket, I'm blessed in my store, everything I put my hand to is blessed. Woo! Come Come on! Man, this gets real to us and we start releasing faith in the blessing in our daily life. We're going to see some things. We're going to see three times results in one opportunity. Hallelujah. And you shut the door to the enemy trying to do things because in past times, maybe you didn't realize that you're redeemed from the curse, but now you know. And you're saying no. Curse has no right. No right in my house. No right in my life. You resist it, and it has to flee from you. Keep going. He sent messengers, and uh, to to Balaam, verse five, and verse six. He said. uh, Come now, therefore, I pray you, curse me this people, because they're too mighty for me. Now, now where's this coming from? This comes from the king of a country. The king of a nation. He's got military, but he he's aware he needs something else. The psalmist said, Some trust in chariots. Right? Some in horses. But we'll do what? We're gonna trust. In the Lord, the Bible said, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that built it. And unless the Lord's with you, the watchman wakes in vain. We thank God, and I mean we thank God for our men and our women in uniform and everything that's going on and our godly leaders in every place in government and federal and state. But without the Lord, it's not enough. Do you know that? Yes. Without the Lord. We need more than the natural. We need the spiritual. On top of the natural. And then you got something. We've had it. That's why we're still around. <laughs> We've had it. We don't want to lose it. Keep going. Keep reading. Curse me and this people, he said. They're too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall Prevail. He's saying, if you curse them, I can beat them, that we may smite them, and I'll drive them out of the land. For I want that means no, I know that he whom you blessed is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. Now, this sounds strange to a lot of people. It sounds like superstition to them. It sounds like wizardry. It sounds like sorcery. What do you mean? You're going to speak some kind of incantation and it's going to make a difference? You're going to put the hoodoo on them? <laughs> this is a king who has all kind of wealth and all kind of military power. And he sends to this guy. He didn't send to just anybody. He sent to him, and you'll find out in just a minute, offers him huge amounts of money. You do not do that unless you think something really is going to happen right. and why would he think something really is going to happen? He said, "I know it yeah. they have seen him bless things yeah. and then get blessed they've seen him curse things mm-hmm. and then be cu- he's seen it mm-hmm. yeah. so keep reading a little bit more actually uh I, for time's sake, I won't read all of it, but they, the elders came to him. They told him what the king said. They offered him a bunch of money, and he said, well, stay here tonight. Let me see what the Lord says. So he did know the Lord, and he did hear from the Lord. Later on, he really messed up too, though. But we see him having a conversation with God in these chapters. Well, if there was something real and powerful in his life, it had to be connected with God. Right? There's something real here. And so the Lord told him in verse 12, God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. (laughs) So Balaam, who does know something about spiritual things, who has exercised faith in blessing and cursing and has seen it, Somebody says cursing. Cursing, that don't sound right to me. Some things need to be cursed. Tumors. Growth. Diseases. Cancer. Come on here with me. Yeah. Evil influence. They need to be cursed. Yeah. They need to die and dry up and be gone. Yeah. Where are you getting all this? You remember what Jesus said? I give to you the keys yeah. of the kingdom. Whatever you buy is bound. Whatever you loose is loosed. Some things need to be bound. They need to be shut down. Some things need to be cursed. Now, you don't need to try to curse people as a Christian. But some things need to be. And uh, he said, you, you shall not curse the people for they're blessed. Well, the ensuing story is very interesting because they left and they told the king what he said. He actually said this. He said, if the king would give me his whole house full of silver and gold, I can only say what the Lord gives me to say. And so I I can't go. Well, king didn't like that. Kings are not used to being told no. I mean, he sends more important people with bigger figures. And comes back. And we know from reading the rest of the story, Balaam is very tempted with this money. Yeah. This is getting serious to him. And uh, the Lord told him, if they come to you in the night, or they come to you, not the night, but they come to you wanting want you to go, you can go. But apparently they didn't come to him that, that final time. And he decides to go anyway, which is when his donkey runs off the road. You all remember that? <laughs> he saw an angel because he's about to be taken out and that's a whole nother message there but he gets to where the king and his ensemble are and he takes him up on a high place where he can see Israel all spread out in the valley and says curse them for me curse them for me <laughs> so uh, verse 7 numbers 23 And seven, he took up his parable and said, Balak, the king of Moab has brought me from Aram out of the mountains of the east and said, come curse me, Jacob, come defy Israel. How can I curse whom God has not cursed? You can't. How can I defy whom the Lord has not defied? You can't. And so without going into all of it, he, instead of cursing them, he blessed them. Oh, it upset the king. It upset the king. Verse 11, Balak said to Balaam, what have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies and behold, you have blessed them all together. No, no, you don't bless them. No, you, you curse them. You curse them. Verse 19. He said, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. We quote that sometimes, but it's in connection with blessing and cursing. Has he said it? Shall he not do it? Has he spoken? Shall he not make it good? Now at this point, he has tried to, He's gone to different positions. After the first time, the king said, okay, you're seeing too much of them. Let's take you over here. You only see part of them. They won't look so big to you. Curse them from there. (laughs) And it happened three times that instead of cursing them, God said, you can't curse them. And he spoke blessing. And he blessed them multiple times. He said in verse 20, I've received commandment to bless. And he has blessed. And I cannot reverse it. This is the word of the Lord that never changes, that is good for every generation. The curse causeless shall not alight. Why? You can't reverse God's blessing. Oh, glory to God. Oh, somebody say glory to God. He said, I have received commandment to bless and he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it." Come on, somebody say, he can't reverse it. He can't reverse it. Come on, say it again, he can't, reverse it. he can't reverse it. The king wants him to reverse it. He could get a lot of money if he could reverse it. You know the enemy wants him to reverse it. But what? He the king can't, Balaam can't, the devil can't. Why? Because if you could, you'd be bigger than God. You could undo what God has done and change what he did. Yeah. Come on, say that out loud. You cannot, you cannot curse, curse whom, God whom God has blessed. Has blessed. You, you, can't. No. No. you can't. You can't. You can't. He has not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord is God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. Oh, somebody say glory to God. God God brought him out of Egypt. He has, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob. Neither is there any divination against Israel. There is no enchantment. Now, we are called the Israel of God in the New Testament, and we are also called the seed of Abraham. Are we or are we not? There's no enchantment against us. There's no divination against us. There is none. I don't care if you're a so-called warlock on the 12th level. (laughs) I don't care if you and your 95 witch friends sacrificed 80 roosters, and cut yourselves for three months. There is no enchantment against us. There is no divination. Not once or twice, several times. I've had people say, Brother Keith, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? What? What?" I think there's people practicing witchcraft in my building. And I think they put the voodoo on me. I think they they put a hex on me. The only way it could work is if you believe it. And if you're afraid of it. Which is a form of receiving it. You believe in it. You receive it. Your fears can come on you. I like what my father in the faith, Brother Kenneth Hagin, said some years ago. He was doing a meeting. And he said some things. About folks that call themselves prophets and prophetesses. And it was and they're not. And boy, a couple of the pastors came to him afterwards and said, oh, Brother Hagen, oh, Brother Hagin. Sister so-and-so was there and she's a prophetess. And you you crossed her. Oh, you better go apologize because she'll curse you. Wow. And uh, oh, man, we've seen some bad things happen. He leaned back and he said, Ha! I double dog dare her <laughs> curse me. They said, oh, oh, Brother Hagen, oh, Brother Hagin, oh, Brother Hagin. Now, let's just stop right here. What's wrong with this picture? They are superstitious. They believe that some confused person can reverse God's blessing. They believe it. So they say all this stuff. Old friend, if you get established in this truth, if you believe it, if you're fully convinced, you are curse proof. And if the curse without a place or cause cannot alight, cannot come, where does it go? Other scriptures talk about It returns to the place where it came from. It boomerangs. If you know who you are, you know you rise in Christ, somebody genuinely try to curse you, they better make it their own hat size because it's coming whoop, whoop, whoop right back. It's going to come right back on you. Why? Because you can't reverse the blessing. You can't curse whom God has blessed. Come on, are you blessed? Are you blessed? You've been redeemed and blessed in Christ. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. There's no enchantment against Jacob. There's no divination against Israel. Verse 25, Then Balak finally said to Balaam, Well, don't curse them at all. Don't bless them at all. Just stop blessing them. (laughs) If you're not going to curse them, at least stop blessing them. But he didn't do that either. He blessed them some more before he left. (laughs) Balak didn't know what he was trying to do. If these are some ungodly idol worshipers that don't know God and don't have a covenant, then yeah, it could happen. But these are people who've been blessed by the Almighty. And nobody is bigger than him. Can you say amen? Amen. Listen to how Deuteronomy describes this. Deuteronomy 23, just put it on the screen and get ready to shout again. Oh, somebody say, "Thank thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The truth is, when you find out who you are and who's inside you, the greater one, and the authority of the name that's been given to you, evil spirits are afraid of you. They're afraid. You remember they cried out when Jesus came on the scene? What did they say? We know who you are. Have you come to torment us before the time? They were scared. They were scared. And it's not a matter of a flesh thing or an intelligence thing. It's not just a matter of who you are after the flesh, but who is in you. Who's in you? Is the spirit of the living God really in us? Is he in us? Well, is he the lesser one or the greater one? He's the big, but greater than who? Far greater than any evil spirit than any wrong thing, far, far greater. Somebody say far greater, far greater. He's greater. In Deuteronomy 23, the Spirit of God rehearses and summarizes what we just read uh, like this. Uh, he, he's talking about the these uh, Moabites. He said, because, verse 4, Deuteronomy 23, 4, because they met you not with bread and water on the way when you came forth out of Egypt, but they hired against you Balaam, the son of Beor of Pethor of Mesopotamia to curse you. Nevertheless, the Lord your God would not hearken to Balaam, but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing to you because the Lord your God loved you. Balaam meant to curse them and get that money. If you read New Testament scriptures, you'll see later on, he figured out how they'd bring a curse on themselves by participating in idolatry and fornication. So he mentioned, he, he's spoken of as doing evil things after this. But just far as pronouncing A curse, and of course there's a real lesson there. No force can curse us. We could only hurt ourselves. Can you see there? That's another message right there. But no evil force could accomplish that. And when he came up and was primed to get that money and curse and, and reared back to do it, God turned the curse into blessing. And all he could say was empowerment and enablement and blessing. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. This happened three times on that day. Three times. The Lord changed that curse. Oh, he turned it into a blessing. Hallelujah. And all of us were lost and deserving of the curse. But Jesus came and took our place, and the Lord turned our curse into a blessing. And he did it just because he loved us. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Stand on your feet and give praise to God. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we magnify you. Oh, lift your hands, lift your voices. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Lord.